everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your only podcast about red ascots, family drama, and Spanish Inquisition jails. The underworld is, uh, for the most part, pretty benign, but in this one instance, kind of messed up and a little kinky, according to Cruella. Well, listen, 100%, if Cruella's involved, something's kinky. It wasn't before, but it definitely is now. Well, I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Uh, well, it's 18 degrees outside, so everything hurts when I exist outside. So I'm happy to be inside. I am drinking very warm tea, um, and I am excited to to delve into family drama and 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 boats to heaven that people shouldn't be on. Because I have opinions about... (laughs) Yeah. We are talking about season five, episode 15 of Once Upon a Time slash Days of Our Lives, The Brothers Jones. Because this episode, well, I did like it in theory. And I like giving Hook and Liam's relationship this complication. This, And I liked this complication. I liked this mess up that Liam did. I liked this fuck up. I thought this and this I thought this integration with Hades was great. But it's so full of the drama. It's and and the emo Henry and the heaven boats of it all. By the end I was just like this is this is so stupid and I didn't want it to be stupid. Yeah, it it just it all seemed pretty wooden a lot of the times. Like again, I also I'm with you. I liked the complications. I liked the I liked the different angles of the drama, but everyone had the same kind of drama. Like Henry was pulling the same like broody energy and it was odd and confusing. Is okay. Still though, um I, I make the joke about Liam looking like he was unstable on a skateboard at that in the last scene, um, but I did genuinely tear up uh, because I am broken and all of this like post death stuff is affecting me in a way that it didn't affect me in the first time. Time I don't know if it's come with age or not. I'm not gonna say trauma, but just like lived experience since the last time I watched it. I have a lot of complication, uh, complicated feelings tied up to the afterlife. And I was just like, why am I crying? This is the stupidest thing that's ever <laughs> happened. It's a boat. He's clearly CGI and he's going like, meow, 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 meow. I'm unstable on this boat, but the boat isn't moving. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I mean, as as we get older, I I think what could be a an explanation for that it's not you know necessarily like the fear of death although that you know it's coming for us all and 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 just get used to it i guess (laughs) it's coming and oh no it's right behind you (laughs) (laughs) and it's got blue hair of fire (laughs) i i think it's because as we get older you know people in in your life people in your circle start you know, getting older and passing away and they start getting closer and closer to you. You know, it's not just great grandparents. It's now grandparents. It's it's aunts and uncles like age, you know, and, and, and we all want the best for the people we love and that we care about. We all want them to be happy forever. And so we have this, I think part of it is this need for that closure for them and for us 
So I don't know. I mean, it's it's a heavy subject for an episode that doesn't warrant that heavy subject. But I digress. I have a lot of emotions all the time with age. And I'm getting a phone call. But I'm going to uh, turn it off temporarily. Yeah, excuse me. We're talking about... Uh, yeah. I will just... I will say that I think it is genuinely... I think the final episode of The Good Place fundamentally broke my brain. Mm. Um, because that is the... When... When, you know, you have those things where you're like, what do you need to watch to have, like, a full good cry? Like, what will make you weep uncontrollably? The answer used to just be, this, like, I used to just be like, oh, it's Steel Magnolias. Like, if you watch Steel Magnolias and you end that movie without a dry, or with, with dry eyes, you're a serial killer. Um, but it's the last episode of The Good Place for me. Like, watching that will make me sob uncontrollably just from the absolute torrential emotions that I'm having. And I've I can only actually watch it, like... Once every once, every once in a while, I tried to watch it twice, real close together. wasn't good for my health. So I think maybe that's what I'm tapping into a little bit. Um, mm. But it is still so it's so corny, and it's like it's. And I know we talked about it. We're 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 on the ride together. We're just gonna let the wave take us on the 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 way that the season and the rest of the show is going. But it's hard to get past it some of the times. It just genuinely seems like, you're right, it seems like daytime soap operas sometimes, where they got the script this morning, and everyone is on dramatic acting 101 lessons. I was, I'm surprised more martinis weren't thrown in faces. Yeah, I mean, this one was written by Jerome Schwartz and David Goodman, and directed by Eagle Eggleson. Like, they're not some of the tried and true once upon a time names that we've come to recognize, and I think that might have contributed to it, because it does feel a little bit off. But you know who doesn't feel off? Cruella, because she can just plop into any situation in her leather pants and her oversized jacket that make her legs look, like, very skinny. I am envious of, of this, this woman and her skinniness. Uh, she and Henry are driving out in the woods. Vroom, vroom. She's, she's sphering all over the place. Henry could die, but they're in the underworld, so there's no consequences. And, and Henry's like, why are we driving? And Krula says, I just want you to find something randomly. And, and then two seconds later, Henry goes, wait, I found something randomly. Pull over. I'm, I'm looking for a pen out my window while we drive. And you're doing a full 85 miles an hour through the backwoods. Any moment now. Just no binoculars, no anything. Just like, I'm just supposed to feel the pen in my soul, like I'm, I'm just gonna call to me. I, I do, I will say, I do like Cruella having this knowledge of the author because in, a lot of times in the show, when someone has innate knowledge of a situation, it's it doesn't feel earned. But she knew Isaac, and you know they had, even though they weren't together very long, they had this unbreakable bond for better and worse. So it makes sense that she would know stuff about the pen. She would know stuff about the author's relationship with it. And she would have done her research because as a sociopath, her whole drive was eventually just to keep him down because she, you know, she needed to keep her power that he had, that he had provided. I think she probably also just understood the pen better, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like Isaac wasn't curious Mm. In a way that he should have been. I think 
with someone who is power hungry the way that Cruella is, I think she would glean a lot more information about the pen based on bits of information. And if you start knowing stuff about magic, I think you could piece together what the pen is capable of doing, which is why she then also knows that like, oh no, the pen can bring people back from the dead. The sorcerer just 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 told you that so you didn't. Uh, because he's he's making sure that you're not tempted by it. He just says that you fully can't. Um, which I love because it does have that like Aladdin. The I don't know. I never watched the the new one, the Will Smith one, but the original one. Um, the genie says, you know, like I won't bring. Pe-. He says I won't bring people back to the dead. I don't like doing it. He doesn't say I can't bring people back to the dead. He just says he doesn't want to. So. Maybe. And you know, good good on genies for setting boundaries. I wouldn't want to raise corpses either. That that sounds gross. It depends on what kind of genie I guess you want to be. If you want to be like in the evil line, I guess. But he was he was in the good uh, alignment as opposed to the evil alignment. Good for him. Chaotic also good. Also the also the age of the corpse. You know, fresh corpse. Maybe not so bad. <laughs> I mean, listen. We learned we learned this with Regina bringing her her boyfriend back. Uh, sometimes you bring back a monster. Um, turns out bringing bringing back dead bodies not always sunshine and roses even though it sounds delightful (laughs) well speaking of dead bodies (laughs) (laughs) the apprentice is back he's hiding in the woods because he has unfinished business and his unfinished business is henry the pen has unfinished business about henry and the and and the apprentice has unfinished business about Henry. And Henry's first thing is, why didn't you tell me I can bring people back from the dead? Why can't you tell? Didn't tell me I could do all these things? And he's like, well, it's half true. In the real world, you can't. But down here, we rewrote the plot a little bit so you could technically. But don't do it. I, I felt like this yeah. was very stupid. I I don't like that it was the apprentice was like, well, I kind of lied to you just because when the pen dies, it has more power. <laughs> it was this was very stupid. I mean, the the entire crux of the problem is that a pen died and came to the underworld with unfinished business. So, like, we're starting on a weird foot. Um, I agree with you. I'm also not so keen on the don't worry. There's a different rule down here because when we made that rule before, we didn't know we'd be in the underworld and we need a workaround. And again, and I'm going to harp on this later. I feel like um I feel like cosmically your unfinished business um a lot of their unfinished business is real stupid. <laughs> oh, and we'll get to this at the end about the 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 pirates and their pirate ship. But like again, we were talking about this like when you're when you're like you're dead, I mean, what actually mattered? What was what was the unfinished business? Now I can get behind the forgiveness thing. Feel like we went around it the weird way, but like my unfinished business is you. And then he never quite explains it with Henry. Like, I I just I don't think cosmically that's the thing keeping you in limbo. But that's my, I think that that might just be my axe to grind, but. I think so far the only unfinished business that's actually been well explained in the show was Hercules. Not because it was tangible, although that is part of it. It's because it thematically made sense for his character. It was a a moment in time that represents a, an emotional failure of his, like a, a, a you know his his feeling of failure, and if he accomplishes that task, 
he his unfinished business has been finished but we're 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 having so many weird gamuts of unfinished business there's tangible there's intangible there's in Mila's case the impossible and and with Liam it's like I just have to forgive myself for murdering a bunch of people on a boat his his self journey to forgive himself like we're jumping ahead but like I get it because the lesson is supposed to be Hook is supposed to forgive himself, but I that's not the lesson Liam needs to learn. Oh anyway, so we found the pen and the sorcerer. We'll get to we'll get to the Liam thing and I'll scream about that in forty five minutes. Yes, yeah, so so yeah, so Henry has the pen, he's been warned by the apprentice. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Uh and we've got Emma and Hook, and Hook gets a shiny new magic makeover, which I wasn't aware Emma had her magic back in the underworld because they made a big deal of it for Regina, but whatever. Well, no, because she says that to Regina. She's like, my magic's back. Why isn't yours mm, oh. back? And then Regina had to go through her whole trial oh. and tribulation. Um, I do. I don't know. I The cutest line in the whole episode was just like, Hades beat the ugly out of me. No one's that powerful. Flirty. <laughs> like, it was well, she's a- flirting. He's brooding. Well, he yeah, he is brooding. But listen, when when you have a emo boyfriend, that's the kind of nonsense that they say. Like they, like he was never the golden retriever gamer boy boyfriend. Like you know what I mean. He was mm-hmm. the angel. He was the uh, from Buffy. You know what I mean. He was the yeah. just uh, uh, like almost. He doesn't get quite to Ed Edward Cullen level of just i'm a monster i deserve to die don't be with me you will also be a monster he gets close but he doesn't get as bad and insufferable about it as edward does um which is nice but she cleans up his face he's i don't know his hairstyling is very feathery in this episode um makes him look just a little bit younger i think was a thing that I noted a couple of times just gave him that like little brother look, which I thought was interesting. It makes sense for this story because he is, he is returning to the role of the younger brother in this situation. He worships Liam and it comes back instantly. I I have issues with that, but I'm going to hold on it for a moment because I kind of want to talk about their dynamic a bit more because he's just going to show up at the house. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, knock, knock. Surprise, it's me, Liam. I've been here the whole time. And he's just like, kind of, he kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> because they basically decide that they need, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. They're, because they want to look for this damn book, so they're looking for the look at it for it in the apartment they like go upstairs to look for it and emma is just like hey so you're liam you know hook thinks you're cool and liam's just like you suck you're awful and you should just let hook die and go when he's done with this because you're garbage and you were the dark one and i don't like you that's it and emma's just like oh okay Weird. It's very weird because at this point in the episode, he hasn't talked to Hades and they haven't come to an understanding. Liam is actually 
legitimately trying to help them, but he is helping them specifically because he wants Hook to move on. And it's weird because in, in the Wikipedia article, it says that Liam wants Emma to break up with Hook after they get back. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is at all. He wants he wants him and Hook to go off into eternity sailing, uh, uh, so, you know, watching all the ships sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me, Hook. Uh, yeah, because they are looking for the, um, Liam basically shows up with, um, all this random lore. Yes. And he's just like, by the way, there's some book or something. And they're like, oh, it's a storybook. And he's like, no, no, no. It's much more powerful than that. And they're like, no, no, no. We know what it is. Mm. <laughs> they're such dicks to him about it. They're like, no, we know. It's the evil version of the book we knew upstairs. So, mm. I would have loved if that wasn't what it was. I would have. <laughs> if they, if like Liam found the book and be like, hey guys, it's actually a recipe book, for, and it turns out Hades is allergic to peanuts. Yeah, that's how we take him down, with just yeah. a spoonful of peanut butter. Yep. Um, but they're like, yeah, we're going to go find this. And first of all, I would just like to say, jumping ahead, I'm mad that the one, the Underworld Once, a time, Once Upon a Time book doesn't look more evil. I wanted right? it to have like an evil goatee or something. <laughs> it just looked exactly the same. Maybe, like, even just give it a sepia filter. Like, even the artwork's bad. the same. Like, the cover's mm-hmm. the same. It's whatever. So we all decide to split up, I guess, because they need to get... The sorcerer... By, the sorcerer's apprentice tells Henry that, like, the sorcerer's stuff came to to the underworld and so, because it has unfinished business. I guess the house has unfinished business. <laughs> So Liam's like, oh, yeah, we can go, but we need a key. And they're like, oh, I know where the key's going to be. It's going to be in the weird dungeon sheriff's office of Cruella's. So Dave, David and Mary Margaret, or I'm sorry, Snow White, are going to gonna go to the sheriff's office and get the key. So they go and they open up the drawer and like, oh, you guys are just like the same. And Tiff's like, we're not the same. He sucks. And she's like, I mean, he kisses different than you. And he's like, what? What? Ah!" But then Cruella shows up and he's like, I will pretend to be James. And this will work perfectly. And it doesn't work perfectly from literally his first breath. (laughs) He looks so awkward and weird. And she pushes her butt against him immediately. She's like, hello, lean. And he's like, hello. I'm <laughs> hello, having a good grind. time. <laughs> yeah. And she, he's just like I, like doing hover hands above him just in case Snow's looking like, I'm fine. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Everything is great. And she's like, so what do we want to do? Do you want to like have some fun with me or just like mm, drink champagne first? Mm, what do you want to do? <laughs> and she I was just, annoyed at this scene. Because it turns out James hadn't swapped places with David. Yeah, I, I, I felt that. I felt your, I felt your upsetness on this did you one. Feel, to feel my vibes. From I did because I was like, oh, this, this away. destroys Beth's theory, and I was like, and I'm mad about it for her. Because, I mean, I'll still hold out like three percent hope that it's like James is playing like a triple game, where he was pretending to be James, pretending to be David, pretending to be James. I know that's not the case. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, he didn't actually like 
capture David. David's just a negligent partner and has been wandering around the underworld and James just keeps slipping in and out (laughs) randomly and pretending to be David while David's actually out like quizzing a guy at the pharmacy. He's like, I figured a bunch of stuff out. Where have you been? You've been here with us this whole time. No, I haven't. What? It's probably also not what's happening, but whatever. This whole scene is just so Cruella can be like, oh, I know that it's actually you because James is a special kind of busted that you can smell from a mile away, apparently. She loves damage. And James is apparently, this is actually like really depressing when you really unpack it. But James's entire damage is the fact that their mother was forced to choose between two children and she chose to keep David and not James. And that that decision has shaped and destroyed James's life because he cannot get over... Why, he doesn't understand why his mom made that choice. And he thinks that it makes him lesser than that. And so, like, that's his whole damage. He hates David because he was kept. Yeah, out of everything in this episode, I think this is the best moment and mm-hmm. the best... Most interesting villain character moment we've gotten in a while. I thought this was really fascinating. I felt it was actually really great coming from Cruella because she so doesn't actually care about James's emotions. Like, she's not telling David, like, oh, my poor love, James. Like, look at all the stuff. No, she's almost relishing in it because she has no attachments. And she loves pain and she loves inflicting it and seeing others experience it. And I I feel like it's also, I'm sorry, I feel like it's mm. also one of those things that James doesn't even know. Mm. Like, it's something he's been unpacking being near her, but he thinks it's something else, and she's like, again, she she recognizes patterns in broken people, and so she's probably like, oh, no, that's not at all what it is. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. She knows him better than he knows himself, because she's a sociopath and can find the, the nugget of insecurity and weakness in everybody, so she can exploit it. But I think it's really fascinating because David's whole arc has been, I wasn't picked for this life of greatness. James was. He got to be the prince. He got to have all these riches and and all this incredible stuff. And then I had to come in and fill his spot only after he died. But then you hear, oh, like it's Prince and the Pauper. Each of them wants the other person's, you know, experience. It's grass is greener situation. But I think it's, by giving it that angle of, I just wanted a mommy who loved me, Why, and yeah, I never well, got that. I mean, that's, that's gotta heartbreaking. Be, yeah, that is. And it's also got to be like, and I can't speak to this because I am not a twin, but I have to imagine, like, I will, I, I'm not a twin, but I have recently rewatched Lindsay Lohan's The Parent Trap, so maybe I have some ground to speak on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just feel like if in that situation in which twins are separated... That that would be a very big baggage situation of being like, why, why me? Why was I chosen? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a funny thing about that Lindsay Lohan version of just being like, oh yes, our parents split us up and never let us know we existed. And we obviously never unpacked that because it's a fun little Disney movie. It's no big deal. But what those parents did to those two girls is absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. Like, genuinely. What happened to James and David is terrible. And being separated at a very young age and for none of that to have any closure and for James not, and for James not to get a mother figure. He just got like a megalomaniac stepdad 
new dad. Like, that's, that can't be good for you. Clearly it wasn't. He's kind of a jerk. But I get it. So, like, it's fun. I like this giving an empathetic slant to a character we've never liked. Because eventually James is going to go to heaven. After oh, James he's murdered a boat of people. <laughs> after he's murdered a boat of people. Uh, listen, the brothers get to go on their boats uh, for... I, I can't wait for James to learn the wrong lesson, but still get to go to heaven. Like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem... It just kind of seems like everyone has, like, a bunch of unfinished business. But if you complete one of the things... Because I'm... Again, it just seems... Like, if that's your unfinished business, you've got a, a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> like, anyway, not the point. So we get the key. And while they're doing that, Liam, I guess, goes to work? At a bar? I don't understand this. I thought it was a flashback. I was yeah. so confused by the scene. Uh, Liam works at a bar? And he's just that like, but no one's like there? it was decorated for Valentine's Day. <laughs> It looked like that and or they were trying to give it that like dive look to it because it it did sort of. But then the red took over too much. It's like, why is it so red? And and Hades appears and he's like, "Hmm, I'm not here for my whatever. He they banter. And he's like, this is the heavy handed stuff that I just kept rolling my eyes at. But he was just like. Because the whole time, you know something's up with James. Because Emma feels it. She says something to Regina about it. Like oh, you before mean Liam? They, you know, yeah, Emma says something yeah. about Liam to Regina. She doesn't say anything to Hook yet because she knows. She knows better. But she says something to Regina. And I love Regina. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. And she's like, yeah, I know, right? And, like, they can kind of sense it. So the whole time you're like, oh, yeah, something's weird about Liam. And then <laughs> this whole scene, you're just waiting and you just get to hear... Hades be like, I'm going to tell Hook the one thing you've never been able to tell him. And then it's, I know it only lasted like two seconds of dramatic organ music before it cut to commercial break. It felt like 12 years. It was just, I'm like, we, no, we have it. We've got it. We're with you. This was not the reveal you think it was. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Also, we've already been watching some of the past stuff, and we know a, sh- a, a, a we know a, a shoe's about to drop. Yeah. So it's Several. like you're not surprised, everybody. Yeah. Liam's there it- for a reason. He's not there just because he's a cool guy. He's just a cool guy who's going to help, and there's not going to be any problem. This episode has zero conflict. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and find out what that super non-conflict is, and by that I mean unfinished business, a tragedy involving. A murder boat of people being murdered. So we we cut back to uh, Liam and Killian. They are working on the boat of the, uh, you know, they're indentured. It's unclear if they're saying this is the same guy who, who bought them in the first place. Because it's not the same actor. And it's unclear if it's the same character. It's it, presumably Long John Silver. That's which I thought what I was, thought too. I was like, it's not Long John Silver. It can't be. I think it well, is. Well, he's called Captain Silver, and all the stuff I'm seeing says it's based on Long John Silver, which I thought was stupid because literally nothing about him is akin to Long John Silver. And also, I'm sorry, it's that's a, a fish place now. We don't yeah. get to claim that as a book character. We don't get to claim that as a media character. It's a fast food place where they have really bad fish. 
and now is mostly connected to KFCs and is an abomination to humans, <laughs> humans as we know it. Exactly. So we don't get we don't get to have uh, Long John Silver anymore. Long John Silver's gone. So I'm gonna call him. Um, what am I gonna call him? I'll call him Captain Face because he kept getting weird faces. Face. Captain Face, who then later becomes Captain Beanie. <laughs> Captain Beanie Face. So uh, Liam and Killian are working on the boat and they've been indentured for a long time, but their luck's about to change, which means it, something's going to go bad. Liam says, hey, we have saved up enough money. Also, we're going to go sign up for the Navy. We're going to get uh, a signing bonus. And once we get all that money together, uh, we're going to be free of Captain Face and his stupid merchant ship. So I'm going <laughs> to... Captain Face is like, sure, you can go. But Killian stays here. The loose cannon who I, who almost keeps fighting with me every two seconds because I'm not going to do something that totally ruins his life for funsies. Just for fun. It's fine. The so, what He calls him Sober Jones. And I'm like, that's... I, I still haven't landed if I think that's a good nickname or not. Like, it sounds good. Like, Sober Jones. Like, it, it has a good ring to it, but it seems mean. It sounds like a, like, it sounds like a nickname you'd get if you were, like, you worked in nightclubs, like, you were a performer, and you didn't drink. And you're just like, Sober it, Jones. Like, it, it, it seems like it should be an insult, but it actually is a compliment, or at least should be seen as one. It's the nautical version of a DD. You're the Sober Jones. Sober Jones. You're the Sober you Jones. You you get to drive the ship. We're all sauced. We're all going to go drink gin. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go into the eye of the storm. You're our captain, mm. Sober Jones. We trust you. I'm going to make a whole big speech about how great you are and how my big brother <laughs> is the bestest big brother in the whole wide world. He's a terrible big brother, and then he later calls it a typhoon. They're not the same. <laughs> So mad about it. Well, Liam comes back. He's got the the papers that say they've joined the Navy. I thought that that was a contract. So what happens afterward was baffling to me because I'm pretty sure now they're deserters. Um, but he can't go. Killian can't go because he got drunk and he gambled away his his money that was going to be used to get them free. So so um. So Captain Face goes, okay, well, Liam, you're, you, you've bought your way free. Bye-bye. Killian stays with me because I want to keep him around for some reason. Um, the loose cannon who's going to push me off the ship <laughs> in like a week. But Liam says, no, I ripped this paper. I'm now on the run from the law because I cannot abandon my brother. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand how the the plan to get off the boat was supposed to work because you're right they should have the papers but then what did they need the money for and i also have a theory that killian didn't gamble the money away he just got drunk and they robbed him <laughs> you know what i mean like he wakes up he's yeah. like oh no i gave all the money away like are you sure <laughs> he was gone for 15 minutes <laughs> what are you talking about anyway so now they're on the ship, and then, like, Captain Face is just like, anyway, smash cut to us on Deadliest Catch. Yes, because they are now out in the middle of the sea, a very CGI storm. It's We had the frozen storm, and it looked way better than this. I'm sorry. 
This one looked very bad. And they're on the boat. It, the waves are crashing. But everyone can still talk to each other with just a slight yell. And we're not stand st- still. Yeah. They are all standing. While what we're seeing is a ship going almost fully 90 degrees up a wave rocking and then turning back the other way and almost nose diving and they're all just standing there as if it's not moving <laughs> they're they're skilled seamen seamen <laughs> we are tw- we are Love 12 it. we are Love 12 of it, Love it. <laughs> i was E-man. saying it like a grown-up <laughs> captain face wants to go he wants to get into the eye of the storm to get the little eye of the storm which is a very valuable treasure it's a a blue sparkly gem thing that if they give it to uh the king who really wants it he's going to reward them with a bunch of money and and uh liam and killian are like it's not worth all these great men who deserve to live who i'm not going to murder myself five minutes from now and they have a mutiny and it's a very poorly done mutiny, and I thought it was immediately going to fail. And it this should was, have. This was the tamest mutiny I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've they were just s- like, no, I have a sword. And I am the, like, to be fair, this is how I feel like a mutiny. Like, this, that's the way a mutiny would be. I'm like, he's just a guy. Just be more than the guy. Like, it's easy to have a mutiny. Just get rid of the captain which is what they did but it was like not dramatic because there was no one loyal to captain silver captain face um and they were just like yeah i guess but they're not sure about it because they're even they have to be roused by killian's terrible speech about how great his big brother is and how much he loves him how he's special and he's i love my big brother so much so Liam heads down to the captain's quarters to look at the charts to figure out their best, safest path away from the storm. Because the whole point of the mutiny is to avoid the storm. And Hades shows up. And I thought this was very, very cool. I thought this was interesting. Without, with exception of the blue hair thing. He looked demented with the blue hair in this, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 That's all I needed. (laughs) I think it would have been enough if he had just lit all the candles or if his why is his hair never going red like it's anyway we could get into that forever and i'm not going to he tells liam hey see this boat has a bunch of people who are who are doomed to die and their souls i want like these are souls i'm i'm aiming to collect they are on my roster uh final destination uh, you just because you saw the future on the roller coaster doesn't mean you get to save everybody on the roller coaster. And Liam says, uh, no, demon, I want I don't want to do that. And then Hades goes, well, I'll tell you what, if you do this, if you give me all these souls for eternal damnation, I will give you this cool rock and you and your brother can like not die. You'll be fine. Liam's a crystal girly. What if I gave you shiny rock? I put it out in the new moon. It's been charged. Okay, I will send all of these men to their death. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I just bought some new crystals for my house. I wouldn't damn an entire boat of men to uh, eternity in hell so I could have my my crystal. (laughs) 
Uh, I'd, I'd trade it. It is not a fist size, rough, what looks like lapis lazuli. Uh, Beth, you don't know. You don't know what you would do if you were faced with it. You don't know. No, I also, like, first of all, I wouldn't want to still be on that ship. Like, the mutiny is because they were going into the eye of the storm. And then Liam's like, I will find a way to leave the eye of the storm. We turn the boat around. Like, this is not rocket scientists. Rocket science. We are not doing anything. I'd also like to point out that they're like, you're dr- you're putting us right into the eye of the storm. And all the people on this ship are like, you are? As if they can't see it. Um, but anyway, yes, he decides, yes, I will go back into the eye of the storm. Well, no, what he says, and I actually thought this was a good way to do this, not perfect, but good, is Liam comes up and he tells Hook, hey, we've got to go straight, continue course toward the eye of the storm. We're going to sail right through it because on both sides of us are a bunch of rocks, so if we try to turn around, we're going to hit the rocks and it's going to be bad for us. So if we try, if we go straight through, bear the brunt of the storm, we'll hopefully make it through. And this is when Hook gives his big rousing speech about how my big, my big broy is the best big broy. I love him so much. I trust him with everything. You all should trust him too. Um, he's super and special. And I don't remember the first line he says, but it made me laugh so hard. He basically shouts, this is my big brother and he rocks. Like, he just, like, I mean, it's the corniest speech. Like, I don't understand how this was supposed to get a bunch of men to go, yes, into the eye of the storm we will go. Like, this was a rolling, rolling a seven on a charisma check. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm going to give a rousing speech. What is it? Let's go. He's like, like a show and tell. Hi, I'm Killian. And for my show and tell, I brought my big brother, Liam. He's really cool. And he's so smart. And he always looks out for me. And 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 he's and he's great. So everybody, my big brother. And you know you can trust me because you were all gambling with me not 20 minutes ago because I was too drunk to stand and I lost all the money. I am a name that you can trust. Thank you. And then he drops all his note cards and then he sneezes. <laughs> and, 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 then he, and then he like just scurries back to his seat and then Liam gets caught. He doesn't know what to do because he has a whole period free, but doesn't want to hang out with a bunch of 10 year olds. I just, I like the idea that he definitely came to this, but was like, cool guy. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, this is my little bro. Ruffles his hair. What do you guys think? You guys want to go out? You guys want to go out and like, uh, walk up the slide and all the children freak out. <laughs> <laughs> It's witchcraft! It must be the eye of the storm! Killian, your brother's so cool! I know! (laughs) And the teacher's completely lost control, so they shove her in the janitor's closet. That's And the teacher in the scenario is Captain Face. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Captain Face has been shoved in the closet. All of uh, Killian's friends are super impressed with Liam, the cool big brother. And then they all die. Oh my god, they all die. <laughs> they all die. And 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 then they like get, wash up on shore. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of guys in full royal attire and they like wash up like Jack and Rose on a door. 
And they're like, we made it. We are here. We are heroes. Unfortunately, everyone we knew was dead and we're fine. We've been processing it while we floated on this door. It's fine. Um, (laughs) My brother hit his head so hard he doesn't remember any of this. But, like, he's probably fine. Being unconscious in open water is fine. And the Navy guy is like, what are the odds? Were you trying to go to the eye of the storm? Our king wants that, but no one can get it. And then Liam goes, oh, what? This eye of the storm? Ah." I I I made a very dramatic face with Abby. I couldn't couldn't save a single soul, but I did hold on to shiny rock. (laughs) (laughs) And, and And then the Navy's like, yoink and then they run away i'm gonna get the treasure like i'm sorry this whole scene is baffling to me because in any other scenario the actual real world scenario of the enchanted forest seeing two guys randomly two sailors randomly show up on shore you've got a navy with guns and swords they're gonna just murder these guys and take the rock and get the treasure for them get the reward from the king for themselves oh 100 one hundo absolutely what's gonna happen uh, but they're like wow you guys definitely deserve your own ship like that one over there Ooh, i'd like my own ship like what is this story like this is like the first draft you wrote and you didn't know what to do so you typed that out and then you submitted it anyway <laughs> it's just like and then everyone was best friends yay the power of shiny rock we did it <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they were just kind of shorthanding the next state into the next stage of Liam and Killian's journey, where they're the honorable, you know, naval officers and everything, and they we had to get a shorthand way to get there. I don't feel like this was the best explained, but I don't feel like it was the worst explained either. The thing I think was the worst explained was Liam going to heaven. Yes. So <laughs> we go back and we've got the key and we're trying to get into the sorcerer's mansion thing, the Airbnb from hell. And this 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 was a weird writing choice because they were like, oh, there's a protection spell. Well, someone needs to do it anyway. And Liam's like, I'll do it because I guess he probably has been blessed with this because Hades won't go do it himself because light magic doesn't agree with me. Um, and so Liam's like, oh, I guess I will do it. And Hook's just standing there like hands on his hips, Holy crap. Will you look at this goddamn hero? Look at him opening the door, risking his own safety. No one tries to stop this man from doing this. Like, why wouldn't Hook be like, no, 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 let me do it. Let me do it. And then they fight about it. No, he's just like, wow. Look at this hero, an absolute icon, opening the door with no regards to his own safety. That's my big brother right there. I would follow him into a sinking ship full of dead people. Wait a minute. I already have. I'm going to interrupt for a second because you yeah. brought up a very good point that I want to embellish on a little bit. You mentioned how Hades does not care for light magic. Mm-hmm. Emma has light magic. Mm-hmm. The lightest magic in the world. The mm-hmm. super duper magic. The savior magic. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they think of that? Like using that before literally anything else. Like literally before a random book that may or may not be the storybook or a cookbook with peanut butter cookie recipes. I don't know. (laughs) Because that would be a two episode arc. (laughs) We like again, why did we give Emma her powers back? Like maybe her powers are struggling. Like, but no, she has full facial reconstruction powers back. 
So like, like I would have just liked a moment where Emma like maybe came across Hades maybe at the beginning of this episode for like a minute or something. Hades shows up to like have a convo with Emma, and Emma tries to hit him with light magic, and. Maybe it's like it's not that it subdues him or anything. He just like it's like a vampire with garlic. It's just kind of like, oh, I don't like that. Stop doing that. And then he like lashes back or something and gets mad, like in a way where we know light magic can impact him, but not in a way that would actually cause any damage or accomplish a goal. Like, I think that needed to be set up before we find a random cookbook, Julia Mm -hmm. Child's cookbook in the Sorcerer's Mansion. Yes, so we go into the mansion, and they all split up again. But they also leave Henry behind, and they're like, no, buddy, you get to be a lookout, yeah. And Henry is having, like, a full demonic moment where he's just like, they're going to leave me behind. They're never going to leave me behind again. I'm so angry. He was so mad. He doesn't like being the author. (laughs) He's so mad about it. And so he's decided he's going to find the pen because he knows it's in the house somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, Liam fully finds the book, like, immediately. It's in a little box, so he opens it up, and he rips the pages out. And then he puts the book back, and he's like, come on, gang, I found it. And they open the book, and they're like, oh my goodness, it looks exactly the same. Oh no, all of these pages have been removed. <laughs> Regina's like, oh yeah, I, I removed the pages from the book. Uh, it's her book, because... I didn't want Henry to know I was the evil queen. So he probably That's ripped those pages. That's not true. Thank you. I was confused by this. It was a goof. This okay. A goof. Cool. So. Because August was the one who had ripped out pages. And Henry saw the pages with Regina as the evil queen. And that's why he was like, my mom is the evil queen because it looks like her. That, okay. I thought that that smelled weird. And I just was like, maybe I'm missing something. Thank you for that clarification. But that's where they're like, oh, well, Hades probably ripped these pages out because it has the peanut butter recipe on it. So like, oh, and then Liam like slams the book closed. And he's like, I can't believe you people are just giving up. I'm going to find these pages. Everyone search your immediate area. They have probably <laughs> fallen on the floor. And he storms out. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a good plan. We should continue looking for the pages that were intentionally removed. Because they could be anywhere. In this area. I, I, It's so dumb. <laughs> I the- also, like, I get why like i get in a sense why emma wouldn't immediately accuse liam of like where do you have the pages like did you rip them out like or or accuse him in private because hook is on such a thin like he's on such a thin line and and liam is his shining god like looming above him but i would have liked some indication that that was on her mind like i felt like everybody kind of took stupid pills for a minute in this scene like I don't maybe maybe Emma's too cagey and she's worried about Hook, so she's not going to bring it up. Regina would figure that shit out right away and be like, "Wait, Liam, you found the book, and there's pages ripped out." Yeah, and Emma was just telling me you're sus, and I think you're sus. Like, she's looking at the pa- book, looking back at Liam, looking at the book, looking at Liam, and then looks at Hook and be like, "Are you serious with this guy?" <laughs> I. I also, I'm just now kind of realizing if we think about the last 48 hours with Hook, by the way, 
when you say that he's on thin like ice mentally 100 percent, he is because like mm-hmm. 48 hours ago he was being stabbed through the chest by his girlfriend and then he gets taken to the underworld where you're just like oh i'm, I'm dead i'm now free i'm at peace no <laughs> well welcome to hell jackass and he is then like assaulted and tortured and kept in a little box and then he has to like escape and run away from a three-headed dog and then kill the three-headed dog and then like then he's like being held captive and slowly lowered into the the river of souls or whatever and then he's saved from that and then like oh you're girl or the woman you love more than anything was here but now she's not because Hades got rid of her uh, rumple lied, and now he's mad about it. Now he's writhing with vengeance, and now his brother has appeared. This man hasn't slept, and 14 traumatic things have happened to him. <laughs> like, he is mush. This man is mush. Let's not even forget the fact that Emma is on a gravestone now and can't leave, and he knows that. Yeah. Like, that's why they weren't able to split their hearts. So, like... I'm sure he's also feeling a guilt because now three people have, you know, in his life who he cares about have been sentenced to an eternity in hell because they wanted to help him. And I'm, I'm there's probably a guilt with that. A, a guilt because, as he says in this episode, he's not worthy of being saved because he was tempted by the dark side, the, the, the darkness, I don't want Star Wars on you, but the darkness immediately. Like, he w- he found out he was a dark one, and he immediately went into revenge mode. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's still grappling with that. Like, th- this this poor kid. <laughs> this, this poor kid just needs to sit in a quiet room and to find someone to talk to, do some journaling, and most importantly, get some sleep. Holy shit, this kid. He needs to sleep. But anyway, he's like, why, Emma, you're being weird. Why are you being weird? Why are you being weird about my brother? And she's like, okay, listen. I just... I feel like he's lying to you about something. Hook flies off the handle because he's mush and he has no sense of what's going on. And he's like, no, not my brother. Not my brother. My brother? No, he was in the Navy. He was a saint. He did nothing wrong. How dare you? You're jealous and leaves. So then Emma follows Liam out and Liam just like f- fully drops the pages into a well. But then there's also ink all over his hands, which... How is the book not a big smeary mess if it's leaving ink on his hands from simply handling it? This is so stupid. Like, does it, was it just written in a Sharpie? Like, I, on, like, kind of laminated paper? Just what is really, happening? yeah. Like, the print job, like, the author, whoever was the author of this book, which, that's also a good question. Who was the author of this book? The Underworld book. How did it get there? Who's the Underworld author? Is it every time the pen comes down with unfinished business, it's working on that book? Uh, maybe there's an, maybe there's just like, maybe, maybe it just got recently written, but that doesn't make any sense because we just recently broke it. Maybe, maybe there's an author with a different pen because there's not just like one pen, correct? Like it's whatever implement they decide they want to use. I'm pretty sure it's like the one pen to rule them oh, all. Oh, that's remember right. He, he makes them remember pick. Remember he had the he whole holy pick. grail? Yeah. Yeah, he makes yeah. them pick. Well, maybe maybe the author didn't write that. Maybe well, not with the pen. Maybe like some some author died with unfinished business. You know, like an unfinished story of some sort and then started writing stuff down. And then just like it's he just wrote it by hand. 
like an absolute savage. I'm going to put a pin in it until next week because I'm pretty sure next week is the whole Zelina oh my God. Hades story. I can't. I can't. They showed so, it and I, my whole, my soul left my body for a moment. <laughs> I'm so, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am for the mess that is going to be next week's episode. I'm going to have a, a blast. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. So. But, okay. So yeah. So. Uh, Hook drives Emma away and and Liam does too because Hook takes Liam's side and then just as Emma leaves oh no guess who shows up it's Captain Beanie Face well first of all Hook shows up I'm gonna call him Captain Beanie Captain Beanie Beanie Captain Beanie well Hook comes out and he's like how dare you and she's like he's lying and they're all there together and then that's when Captain Beanie and his crew roll up I don't know why he's still rolling with this crew that mutinied and threw him overboard, but okay. <laughs> and he's just like, no, we've got you. Oh, I'm sorry. Emma leaves. Okay. Yeah. So it's just the Brothers Jones and they like put bags over their heads and then they take them to the, 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 they take them to Mountain Doom and they're like, you're trying to walk the plank because I, Captain Beanie, um, was entered the bar and heard you talking to Hades and Kelly's like what no what has happened I don't understand and just the absolute insane dialogue and delivery of the dialogue for the next like 10 minutes was was something to behold this was a very badly acted scene Every From actors that, for the this. most part, we know can do better. All of them. They can all do so much better. And I, I, it just feels like they got their... They were being fed lines from a person off screen. And it was just like, I, I, yes, it was me. I did it in the in the captain's quarters with the shiny rock. He's like, yeah, I definitely did that. And then, like, they're, they're trying to make Killian and Liam walk it, to their doom. And Hades shows up. And he's like, hey, the hell are you guys doing? I don't like any of what's going on right now. I did not sanction this um, trip to Mordor. And the captain guy who is too big for his sea bridges is just like, I'm the one that did it. And then Hades, I'm just going to say it, blows him. <laughs> Whoosh. I, I rewound it. I didn't understand what happened. Because he just goes, like, it's just so quick. <laughs> It's so bad. He's like, and he's like, and he falls off to his doom and is now um, eternally bound to be in limbo, whatever. And then he, like, Liam starts kind of realizing, you know, as you do on a deathbed of sorts where you start kind of having your so-called come to Jesus moment of just being like, oh, I done goofed. And he's like, no, take me instead. He's like, I'll take everybody. I don't even care. And goes, again. And, but like, Liam backflips over, <laughs> over Hook. And then Hook is like, no, and grabs him. And then he's holding on to him. Brother, Scar. And he's like, no. He's like, you have to forgive yourself. Okay. And then he falls. And then, but because he forgave himself in the last milliseconds of his eternal existence this has made him worthy to go to whatever the opposite of davy jones's locker is 
I guess. And so, like, there's an angelic light. And now Mount Doom has turned into a blue paradise beach situation. Yeah, everyone gets their own, like, heaven that they want. Like, I, and I he get gets, that. He gets the boat, he gets the boat heaven. I, I get that. But, like, what is the opposite? Like, is it just boat heaven? Like, you can go down to Davy Jones Locker or, like, up to boat heaven. Where well, you he sail the, the clouds. I mean, maybe that's that's what kill, that's what Liam wants. He wants boat heaven. So, I want to talk about this Liam forgiveness thing for a second because I have a couple thoughts. I'm going okay. to start by saying I don't think Liam isn't worthy of redemption or heaven because that would be a horrible thing to say and that'd be a horrible thing to think. Everybody has a chance to be good and to do good and to turn mm-hmm. things around. Agreed. Almost everyone. Yes. There's there are asterisks. There, there are the, yes, there are little there there's little addendums that we're going to put at the bottom of the document, guys. Don't worry. But the solution to sending a bunch of people to their death to be tortured for eternity by Hades is not to get forgiveness from your brother who also lived and then yourself. It's to get forgiveness from all the people you murdered. I think this would have turned around and been a little bit better if Liam had simply turned to all the people, including Captain Face, and said, I'm sorry. That's all. That's what we needed. We needed forgiveness from those people. It's not just Liam forgiving himself for a horrible crime. And then I'm sorry. All the guys get to go to heaven, too, because they learned the truth. No, 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 no. They have different unfinished business. This is the thing that I'm mad about. They're there for different reasons. They are not there because some guy killed them. Like, they're not there for some guy on a mission to find himself. That is not your unfinished business. Are you walking around being like, hey, man, what are you doing? What are you waiting for on your unfinished business? Oh, the guy that killed us needs to really have a a, a look inward. And like that's all it is. He killed. He made a deal with the devil, and he needs to apologize to himself because he hurt himself. Also, the twenty-five other people on the ship, although only six of them were here, which was weird. <laughs> but like, this is what bothers me about the whole unfinished business. It's never described what their unfinished business is. Like, you can die and have unfinished business, wholly unrelated to the reason you've died. Like. You, your unfinished business cannot always be related. I hit my microphone. Cannot always rela- be related to why you died. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I died before I could do this, or I died before I could do this. No, your unfinished business was like never making amends with your, you know, third grade teacher whose life you ruined for some. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. It doesn't have to do. Ah, drove me nuts. Why did they get to go to heaven? Because he went on a soul searching mission from the top of the cliff to the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> And didn't acknowledge what he did to them in any way. No way. No way whatsoever. Like, I don't necessarily think that we needed to have five minutes, you know, or two minutes of the episode dedicated to each of them being like, I talked to my daughter-in-law and we're okay now. I get to go on the boat too, you know, like, or I found my lucky penny. I get to go on the boat too. Like, 
I don't think that's neat. I think it can be a group move on, but it would need to be something akin to like Return of the King where, where, you know, Aragorn like releases all of them. Like you can have a mass, a mass heaven trip, but don't have it just be vicariously through someone else learning that they never did bad in the first place, which they did do bad. They did bad. So, well, yeah. So here's 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 the way I'm looking at it. Because first of all, mm-hmm. I, I do fundamentally have a problem with deathbed confessionals because I don't feel that they're honest. Mm. Like just admitting I'm sorry before you know that it's all about to be over is not a genuine apology. Like, does that make sense? Like it it that is not you actually coming to terms with something. That is you panicking and saying what you think needs to be said. So that's what that's the biggest problem I have because he didn't actually have that moment. Because uh, again, I'm with you. I believe that everyone has a path to redemption, but I think it needs to be a little bit more, um, little bit more uh, be honored in a, in a way that wasn't panicked. That was not a proactive, choice. proactive, and also like not rushed in a way of like as the as the bullet is hurtling towards me, I confess to all of my crimes and say sorry quick. No. What I would have liked would for him to tell Hades that he is taking their unfinished business from them and have like a my name is Earl list where they get to leave because he is going to complete their unfinished business. Like he makes a deal with he makes a second deal with the devil to take on their unfinished business so that they can move on and they're not stuck here. And he will go find the lucky penny, apologize to the daughter, (laughs) get that cat out of the tree, whatever needs to be done so that they can leave. And he has done them a solid because he did kill them. <laughs> that I'm so heated about this, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm genuinely worked up. I actually kind of like that idea. I don't think the show would have ever done it, but it would be very Greek mythology. Yeah, like I just, you know, I just wish there was like a. It needed to be a one to one. These unfinished mm-hmm. business things need to have a little bit more of a, a equity situation, and they kind of don't. And I am done. <laughs> Well, so is Liam, because he's in heaven now. He and the guys all go on the boat. They all fit on the boat. And Killian's invited to go too. But nope, he wants to go live again. So, And his unfinished business is not done, because apparently his unfinished business is now killing Hades. So I feel like the unfinished business is very... um, It's uh, subjective, but not in a way that makes sense. Because it is subjective. It's each person's subjective experience. Uh, But this is that um, it's stupid. It's Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. You just shout what your unfinished business is and then you go complete it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) my unfinished business is doing this one thing. And then you do that one thing and you get to go to heaven. Hooray! See, I would make it the easiest one thing. I would be like, my unfinished business is to take a really good nap on a bench. And Hades can try all he wants. He can try to take all the benches. I'm going to find a bench and I'm I'm going to take a nap. I learned woodworking to build myself a bench and then take the best nap I've ever had in my life in this sapia town hellscape. And it was wonderful. And then I get to go to heaven. And then I get to go to heaven. not on a boat because I don't want to do boat heaven. No, it's just like him sitting in a bench with his arms like on the bench and then he just like flies off into heaven on a bench (laughs) it's me i fly to heaven on a bench that is that sounds amazing it it definitely has a like i feel like that bench would also have that plaque you know that like i think it's 
at this point, it's just an internet legend kind of. I don't know where it is, but it's the bench that has the marker that just says, "This bench is for George, who hated hated everyone in this park." <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> no, I forget what it says. It's just like hated hated this park and everyone in it, or something. Like they dedicated a bench to it. He would just sit there and just be mad. Like <laughs> that's the kind of memorial I want. Oh, anyway. Um, anyway, so yeah, so then Hook returns to Emma, and he's like, "I found purpose again. We're cool." And then um, Henry's being emo and Regina and Emma are being very loud about how emo he is. And I feel like that's not the right approach to take with an emo emotional teenager. You don't just loudly declare, oh, he's being super emotional. Like that said, as a parent. I'm probably going to do that at some point because you get frustrated with your kid being so emotional and stupid. Listen, there there are moments and I've, I've, and it's a weird moment because it happens and then you just catch yourself and you go, oh, okay. You just got to be able to understand it and honor it and be able to to find it because I've definitely heard my mother come out of my own mouth before and go, oh, it's more of a reflex than it is anything. Oh, oops. (laughs) Um... Yeah, they're doing that. And I love, <laughs> I love David. Maybe he just doesn't want to talk to his moms. I'm going to go up there and talk to him. I'm so confused by the angles. This is, I will say, if it weren't for the way he talks when he's in the loft, I would say based on the way that he is shot in each of the loft scenes that he was James. because he because when he goes up he's talking to henry and they shoot henry straight on but then they go to david coming up the stairs and he's crooked and it has a very unsettling look to it like it looks like Mm. he's going up there to kill him and every time he's near the stairs it's like they the camera guy couldn't get close enough in the corner and he was just like in to the side but it looks purposely slanted and that's like a it's a shot i don't remember what it's called there's a way dutch angle yeah the dutch angle and so like I was like, oh, but then he gives this big speech of being like, oh, like, you don't want to talk? That's fine. I guess I'll talk. Today was kind of tough. Found out that my brother has a lot of baggage from the fact that he never knew his mom and she gave him up and he blames me for it. And that's, I'm having a lot of big feelings about it. Anyway, (laughs) I'm gonna go back downstairs. Like, you having big feelings, champ? Bye. Yeah, it's like, oh, me? Oh, yeah. I used to hate asparagus, too. But then I tried it, and it was pretty good. I mean, I guess if you don't want to believe me, that's fine. But I'm going to go downstairs and eat so much asparagus. And Henry- Wait, no. I'm going to try asparagus. I found this pen. <laughs> I have a pen. <laughs> I'm going to write a story about asparagus. And you're going to write this pen. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, tell- he-, he brings the pen. He reveals the whole situation. And Emma is a little bit upset at first. And he's like, but that's why I told you. Because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it now. Instead, I'm going to do what authors do, and I'm actually going to write the story of Hades, the one that got ripped out. I liked this. I thought this was Henry having a good solution and not just being immature and frustrating. I I agree. I 100% agree that I like this, and it's a good um, utilization of the author thing, because I I like that they were like, no, we're going to get rid of the author thing because we don't know what to do with it. And they brought it back for a really good reason. I also really enjoy where Henry's like, no, I was going to use it to fix it because Cruella says that, that Emma's really upset about killing her. And I like that Emma's 
face doesn't do anything. Like I can feel her just being like, do not react because I haven't thought about that bitch since I killed her. (laughs) I have not, I am not being kept up at night about killing Cruella. Like in any way, shape or form. I'm fine with it. I so had that same thought. (laughs) I did. Like it did really feel to me like Emma was like, who? Well, because we talked about it, like the, the way Emma reacted to the situation in which she found Henry and Cruella is completely justified. Like she did not do a cold, like cold blooded mm-hmm. murder. It was, she reacted and she can grapple with that. But I don't think at any point she's just like, I sure wish Cruella was still alive. I did something bad. I think she has fully rationalized it to herself and is not walking around going, I am a murderer because Regina doesn't at all. That's just Cruella, I think, maybe projecting that she thinks the person who murdered her should be sad about it. I think, well, if we also want to go with the Cruella master manipulator angle, she knows that Henry feels that way. Yeah. And, you know, she's exploiting Henry's weakness for wanting his mom to feel less guilty because, in fact, he feels guilty. Like, it definitely feels like if we want to interpret it that way, I think it makes sense. I don't think it was the intention, but it works. I know. I think we've gotten to the bottom of this. Cruella is the smartest character in this show. She really is. She is. And, and yeah, and then we close on Hades (laughs) in the underworld. (laughs) I forgot. I forgot you started talking. I was like, oh, no. And the, yes, the, the pages uh, wash ashore and he's looking through them and he turns to the page that, that was the big secret he wanted to keep. And it's him and Zelina. Dun, dun, dun. And that is the end of the episode. It is season five, episode 15, The Brothers Jones. Why didn't Killian ask him what was on the pages? Hey, why are you sailing away, bro? What'd you see in the picture book? Or where did you put them? I threw them <laughs> or down. Or why didn't Liam be like, by the way, I threw them down the well. The well, the well, the well. See, I, I laughed too when that happened because I was like, I wish this show, well, I guess to the detriment of the show, but you know, there's locator spells and stuff. I was like, oh, there's not like an Accio pages. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Accio mm-hmm. pages. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. This episode um was... It, it was wild. I had so many. I, I love that the show was so corny and weird and I got so genuinely worked up. <laughs> like they can drive so many emotions out of me with with this. I, bravo. I don't think I was this mad the first time I watched it. Like mad existentially. I, I think it had some good ideas. I'm not necessarily going to say it had good moments because I don't really think it did, but I think it had good ideas. It just did not execute them well. And I, I'm i not really going to say or, you know, speculate as to why, because I think it was a combination of things. I think it was just, I think it was just not a well executed episode. No. I think if they would have dialed certain things down, it would have hit a little bit easier. And the one thing I think that definitely need to dial down was the, this is Hook and Hook loves his older brother and thinks he can do no wrong. Well, how are we going to show that? We're going to have Hook shout a number of times that Liam is the greatest big brother of all time and can do no wrong. Like he's going to shout it at the top of his lungs. He's going to say yeah. it a bunch and he's going to be mad about it. 
Like, it, there's a way that you can show in a little brother who idolizes his big brother as an adult without making him shout it. So, like, yeah. that was probably just, one of the bigger problems I had. It was all big feelings. It's like, we're all having a lot of big emotions. Um, That's my and brother, even, and I love him. <laughs> even though this episode wasn't the best executed, there was one element of it that does stand out. And it's the page about Hades from the storybook. Because it has been transcribed. And Abby, after we have closed out, I'm inviting you and our wonderful listeners, if you want to stay, I will do a reading of this because it actually is good. <laughs> I'm I've never I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, in the meantime, we want to thank all of you for listening to this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank our patrons, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week's shout out goes to Lisa Slack. Lisa, thank you so much. If you want to support us on Patreon, you head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash OUA timing. And also other places. <laughs> On Instagram, whatever, whatever wherever, you want to do. Whatever. Have you started that Tumblr page yet, Abby? I have. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Can I see it? Mm-mm. Can you send it to me? No. Oh, I thought it was like Top a thing secret. we could share together. No, we will. We will. I will share it. Okay. I, I have to figure out a way. I don't know if anyone else is on Tumblr, but the current problem with Tumblr is there are a lot of girl chat bots that will be like, you have 18 new followers and they are all girl chat bots. <laughs> Oh no! It's uh, there. There be it's just it's like look at all my notifications. Ah, so Aww. I'm going to I have to I still have to set everything up because it's all still like whatever. But I'm filling my yes, I'm filling the time that I don't use on Twitter by scrolling Tumblr, which I don't have to uh, doom scroll nearly as much. So I'm also reading a lot more. I found that getting rid of Twitter has improved my life in a way that is quantifiable. <laughs> I agree. I've been. I go to Apple News instead, and I read articles. Oh, instead of just good. headlines and reacting to those. Exactly, wow. or reacting to how other people react to them. It's great. Highly recommend. Ten out of ten. We're gonna be back next week with season five, episode sixteen, RDK. And we will, Abby. We will see you next week, or rather, in our post credits experience. We're all gonna share it together. Ooh. We'll see everybody else next week, but for everyone else who's going to stay, I'm very excited and I'm upset that my tea is gone. Like I want to oh, do no. I should I should have saved tea, but I could not have predicted this moment. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you. I'm happy okay. you did. So yes, so this is the text page about Hades in the Underworld storybook that is seen at the end. Somebody transcribed the whole thing, and I wanted to read it together. And it's 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 a little bit on the longer side. It'll probably be about like a minute or two of reading. But whoever wrote this was into it and created an underworld I wanted to see on Once Upon a Time. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. The prop people at Once Upon a Time are unhinged. Like they aren't, they, don't they also back, like put actual stuff in the newspaper when they show them? They do. Yeah. I feel like you've also done dramatic readings of the things that are in the paper. So like, yes, prop department. Yeah. 
they're creating they're creating content. I think they're honestly creating the content they want to see in the show, but the writers aren't delivering. So they're just like, we're just going to add it in as filler. The real heroes. So are we ready, Abby? We are ready. For this, for this page. And it's not, it's not talking about Zelina. This is like the preamble stuff leading to it. Hades rolled over in his bed with a lazy yawn. His face caught the harsh, blood-red underworld sunlight pouring into his vaulted bedroom, and he squinted. Somehow, he had overslept. Wiping the sleep out of his eyes, he wondered why his alarm clock didn't go off. In his case... The alarm was the sound of a thousand freshly reaped souls screaming in torment. Yeah, I'm going to pause for a second there. Let you absorb that information. It started, it started sounding like the beginning of a very spicy fan fiction and then took a hard left turn. I mean, it's still spicy. I know, still <laughs> spicy. Way. Still spicy, but now morbid. Love it. Keep going. They usually wailed every morning on schedule as soon as they were deposited into his infernal river obliviating the need for him to enslave a lackey to wake him up. But for some reason on this particular morning, the souls never wailed. Not really thinking too much of it, Hades went about his morning rituals. This is the part that's going to make you the happiest, Abby. If this is a backfill, that's going to make you happy. He walked and fed his three-headed hellhound Cerberus. He gets walks! Thank goodness! (laughs) He took a luxurious bath, then dried himself by the heat of his flaming hair. And he oversaw his cat. So yeah, so he apparently his hair does turn red hot to dry him off. Another backfill. That's going to keep me up at night. I'm not sure I understand how that works, but we're going to carry on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My hair dries me. (laughs) He's sleeping around his head for a And he oversaw his cavernous domain from the top of a volcano while sipping a glass of fine brandy. It was only when he checked his soul counter in his private lounge that he realized he had a problem. Inexplicably, it registered a paltry amount of a few dozen. Hades shook the counter to make sure the device was working properly, but the dial didn't budge. His equipment was working fine. It was his soul count that was pitifully low. Thoughts so far? We're about two-thirds done. That's all great. I'm still thinking about the hair thing, so keep going. (laughs) Hades shook his head and clenched his fist. There was little that put him in a worse mood than a low soul count. He felt like going out and drowning the first 20 restless spirits he came across in his infernal river. But he knew that wouldn't solve his problem, right? He's extra. Little big emotions that we need to deal with, as we've discussed Big feelings. To get to the bottom of the issue, he'd have to look at the soul providers who fueled his supply up in the overworld. My favorite word now. Unfortunately, Hades didn't have any real power when he journeyed above ground and out of his domain. Even if he could figure out which of his admired cadre of murderers had stopped murdering, he'd have to find a creative way to get them to resume killing. First, he needed time to think. He took a stroll through the grimy, sulfur-laden streets, which teemed with sad, restless spirits that we don't have the money for in the show to have extras. These were the souls who still had unfinished business hanging over their heads, weighing on their permanently silenced hearts. That's, like, beautiful. That's evocative. This is such an emo chapter, and I love it. 
two more sentences. The spirits avoided eye contact with Hades, afraid he might unleash his wrath upon them. But Hades stopped for a chat. A small bearded villager in tattered rags. His rags were blue and seemed to have once been part of a proud outfit. To be continued. That's wild and I love it. It was actually like well written. That's, that's why no, I wanted the, to read it to you. That it's well written. There's some. There's some. As I coined them, a lot of ten dollar words in there that are mm-hmm. absolutely used correctly. And it was mm-hmm. very. And even with and and you were reading it in a very fun rhythmic way, but it, it was only able to do that because of how it was written. Yeah, like that's so much effort into a prop. And I have to imagine that story went on for a while because he ripped a bunch of pages and there's only pictures on a couple of the pages. So, ah. yeah, and it's a story we don't look at. It's a prop that doesn't have time dedicated to it. And yet all this thought and effort and love went to it. His alarm clock is thousand a thousand souls. His alarm clock is a thousand souls. I woke Why up to we a thousand souls that? screaming. What? Like that? That is such like a... Like even that, it's like I woke up late because the sounds of screaming didn't wake me this morning. Like, the, it's so... I don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely... I don't know what I expected you to read to me. I'm genuinely blown away by what it was. And it now makes me want to read more fan fiction. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, somebody was maybe fueling some fanfic with this one. But I just wanted to share that. And I want to thank everybody who stuck around for our little uh, a little reading corner. And Abby, I am going to close this with a little uh, special tease for you, for especially for our patrons. Um, I have an idea for an upcoming Patreon exclusive episode. What is it? That inf- So I would like us to do a review of the standalone DVD extra of Cruella at the bar. It's a whole scene with her and the guy who plays Spike from Buffy doing yes. a bar scene together after the events of season five. I'm in. I'm in. I, w- I watched it already. It was written and directed by Jane Espenson. And we're going to break it down together. I'm in. Because it may be one of the best things the show ever created. I'm in. And so everybody, if you stick around, you have a little preview for our, our upcoming Patreon exclusive. So thank you, Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>